0: Need a quick hit of Marketing Smarts inspiration? Here it is. We have lifted portions of our Marketing Smarts episodes for those of you who need a quick jolt of marketing savviness right now. Refer to the description for how to find a longer form version. And with that, here it is.
1: All right, so just to recap, how to hold others and yourself accountable. Number one, set clear, actionable, and time-bound expectations. Set your employees up for success from the start. Schedule regular and ongoing check-ins to assess progress. A continuous feedback loop is imperative to accountability. Make your company a place people want to be. Be more than a commodity. Create an environment that people enjoy being a part of. And finally, number four, hold yourself accountable to accountability. As the leader, you have to set the precedent and hold to it. All right, in our next segment, In the Trenches, where we give real-world examples specific to industries and situations, but with broad application for anyone to digest and put into action. And this first one I'm going to hand off to Anne. This lack of employees is a real thing today, though. I'm so afraid people will walk if I put pressure on them to be accountable. What do I do, Anne?
0: Yeah, I mean, it is really tough. It is really real. I mean, we totally sympathize. The thing is, is that if you don't let them walk— your culture becomes very toxic Mm -hmm. based on this person, right? And we talked about bad apples before. That is a real thing. As we, you know, April was giving her example of the nail salon. If that had been her first experience at the nail salon, I wouldn't have been back. You might not have been back, right? Luckily, they have you as a ongoing customer and they've earned your respect enough to be like, okay, this is just like a one-time thing but you got to think about the fact that people not showing up has a direct impact on your business especially if you're not going to show up to back up the people <laughs> not showing up which i yeah that that's that's questionable yeah very not not good not good business practice but really it's it's better to try to operate with less people that are really good people people that are exemplifying how you want your business to be run and people that are being accountable because that is what's going to maintain and, and weather your business through this this tough time. It, it is going to change. We, we believe it's going to change, but it might take a little while. Mm-hmm. And so in that case, you're going to have to do things like we said earlier, like maybe you limit your offerings. I mean, if you are a smorgasbord of services, maybe you start narrowing them down to a few key services that you um, can over-index with with regards to the staff that you have and their talents and their skills, as well as what's going to deliver revenue. Mm -hmm. You might have to do that for a little bit. A lot of people are doing that. Maybe you have to really think about what are the high potential opportunities that are going to maybe bring in, New work mm-hmm. based on the talent and the skills that you have, right? So this can scale. To, no matter if you're like at a restaurant, that's where we've been talking a lot of restaurants where you might have to limit the menu, for example, for a little while. And a lot of people are doing that, or they concentrate on a few like core things that they're really, really good at, yep. and you become like a boutique restaurant versus you know your your plethora of offering, offerings you had before. Or if you're kind of more of a, of a service oriented. You know, maybe if you're uh, a, a service oriented, like our, our marketing and, and, and branding, for example, and you offered like a, like a wide range of services before, you might have to scale that down to saying, OK, we're going to focus on digital and social content development yep. versus we're going to be doing full, like, strategy-based, like, work that we can be able to accommodate any of your social digital needs, right? So you might have to do that for a little bit based on the people you have in order to be able to keep your business going and weathering the storm. And this is where, like, I mean, I, this is why I like your example about the, the the nail salon again, April, is that this is where it's really, really important as a manager to be present, Yes. You may have to get your hands dirty here. We talk about vigilant leadership, I know, but in some of these cases, you may have to get in your business versus on your business in order to make your business work. Short term, that is what's gonna have to happen. Then you need to go do that. But in order to be able to really, you know, create that accountability for everybody. You have to have your employees' backs. That is what's super, super important here. And when you can create the culture, which just seems to be a theme here, you will bring in and retain the talent and the right employees that fit that culture because they're going to feel a part of something. But you need to actually do the really hard work of being able to understand what it is that's going to do that, mm-hmm. right? It may not be what you currently have or what you want to set up. You may need to be a little bit more creative in really addressing what people's you know, fears are right now, what their anxieties around. Maybe it's like I'm worried about my health care, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm worried that you know my health. If I you know go out and do this, my health care is going to be too expensive, and you know this and that and the other. Maybe you provide health care solutions. Who knows? I I, I don't know, but. I think you need it because it, it's, it's so business dependent. It, you're going to have to define that. But I can tell you that it looks more than I'm just going to give you more money. Because mm-hmm. as you said, once you just start playing the money game, you commoditize the, the job. And then all people are looking for is where can then I can get more money?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, back to the point about having your employees backs, frankly, but also the idea of really knowing your people and what is important to them. I think when you do that part of it, asking them to be accountable is not as hard anymore. And so I'll give an example that happened to us actually. Um, Right before the holidays, we got a pretty big opportunity from one of our clients but the work was going to happen partially over the holiday. And so I went to one of our regular and very best designers and I was like, all right, here's a situation. What do you want to do? And I was fully ready, honestly, to have to tell them we couldn't do it because mm-hmm. I respected the fact that, well, I was going to be on vacation and it was the holiday. Right. Mm-hmm. And so. We took the ask of what they wanted, which was to do the whole project and have it to them by the end of the first week of January. Well, she was in um, a session, like had been hired to run a session for four days of that first week. So we knew that wasn't going to work. Right. And so I was like, all right, well, are you working at all over the holiday? And she was like, actually, I'm working in between. I plan to work those days, especially because I'm going to be in that session the first week. And if I can do it those days, then I'm happy to do it. And I was like, all right, well, that requires me to work the weekend, like the Sunday, Monday before to get the content ready for her. And I was like, well, I can do that. We don't have anything going on that day. And then I'll have most of that week off while I'm on vacation, right? Mm -hmm. And so it definitely wasn't clean. (laughs) It was kind of a mess there for a few minutes. But I went back and I was like, okay, here's what we can do. We can get you one half of the deliverable, which will give a good sense of what the second half will be. It actually makes more sense to do it that way because we can align on the one section and then replicate any changes for the second. We'll get that to you before the first week of January. You will have the first week to go ahead and make any comments, changes, whatever, And then that next week, we'll give you the second one, and it'll be a little bit more of a rolling deliverable. And they were like, okay. It was like, (laughs) no big deal. And it didn't ruin my vacation or her vacation or holiday because we both knew what we were willing to put into it. And... She's loyal to us because we give her a lot of work and she gets a lot of good work from us and fun projects and all of that. And she takes a ton of pride in her work, but she prioritizes working with us because we've built that with each other. And I can hold her accountable to a deliverable in a not great time because we've, she's learned what our expectations are for our team, even though she's not even technically employed by us.
0: Yeah, and I like the fact that you went to the client and reset expectations, yep. too. Because yep. a lot of times we'll just accept that. It's yep. like, I wanted it the first week of January. And you're yeah. like, okay, okay, okay. You know, yeah. And then you're like <laughs> running in order to like make it all happen. And then when you go back, you're like, why would you say the first week of January? You're like, eh, I just picked a week. I mean, yeah. you know, and yep. then you're like, if I'd only asked. Yep. I could have maybe um, reset this or reset the expectations and and, and been able to pace the workout at a more reasonable level, uh, and um, been able to deliver better quality work, more work. Mm -hmm. I mean, and and not stress out everybody that works for me, right? Right? Or that is doing work on my behalf. So I think that was a really good reminder to always. ask, you know, mm-hmm. just, just ask, is this a, you know, a hard and fast deadline? Is there any wiggle room or can I break the work apart? Like we talked about in a way that is a little bit more uh, easier to get done due to the holidays and recognize that holidays are a real thing mm-hmm. um, and not like try to just like ignore them and believe that you're just going to be able to push your people through that because that's not holding yourself accountable for <laughs> managing people and, and their um, mental well being as well. And they're, just a right to enjoy their holidays. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was a good good reminder. Yep. All right.
1: Number two in the trenches. What tips do you have for hiring the right people that will fall in line with accountability? And like we've been saying throughout the episode, and we just talked pretty thoroughly about this, you as the manager have to set the tone and the expectations and then hold people, including yourself, accountable to them. Okay. So we will say that again right off the bat. But there are traits that we look for and that we recommend (laughs) others look for. That you can kind of assess in the interview and get to whether the person inherently has these traits or there are things that they, quite frankly, don't. And they're kind of faking their answers, if you will. Mm -hmm. So the first one is taking pride in the work as an extension of themselves. I will say that. This is the proven success by which Ann and I run our company. Mm -hmm. Every single person that we hire to do any sort of work has this in spades. And what that leads to, like the example I just gave, you know, she could have said, I'm not working the holiday. right? Right. But she runs her own business, too. And she knows it's important. And she actually said to me, which this is kind of how I am too, like I would have felt worse just taking the days off, not doing anything and giving up the work than just doing the work. And I need a break from the kids. And I need, you know, like we got into this whole other conversation, right? But she sees her personal wealth and value as very closely tied to her business and the craft of doing design. And so I think what this shows up in an interview situation as is a question like when was the time you were super proud of your work and why? Mm-hmm. You know, and and what you hear is, is it because they say things like I did the right thing on behalf of the client or I took the time to do the best job that I could or I contributed to the bigger picture of the work? You should be able to hear the answer, but then also the genuine pride or excitement or just fulfillment in the tone of their voice, which then gives you an indication that they tie their self-worth and their pride to the job that they do. It's more than just a job. Mm hmm. The second one we would say is they are a team player. So that's very closely tied to the first one in fourth-rate people as well. Right. None of the work we do can be done by any one person on our team. Rarely do we have any sort of scope or project where it's like, I don't need anyone else and I'm just going to tackle this one by myself. And that's by design. Right. Because to this point, we only want people that see the greater value of being part of a team and that you can deliver more in that way. So again, if you're interviewing people, ask them for examples of how they worked well in a team environment. Was there any success on a big project? How would they describe how they work with others? Do they enjoy working with others? Do they prefer to work alone? You can get to all of that. And again, you're listening for the ability for them to just bring stories or examples to the surface Mm -hmm. right away in a very genuine way. Number three, seeing it as more than a job, which talks to the pride in the work, but it's that they have intentions and ambitions and goals and dreams outside of just whatever the job is. And so... I hate the question of where do you see yourself in five years because I yeah, think I that that, that one <laughs> too. I never
0: knew I never could answer. that No. Question. And
1: I never could either. It's but like, I don't know. So it, it's more like, OK, you're going to come in and do this job. What's next for you? Or, you know, where did you start to get to where you are today? Uh, what you know, if you had your very best day at work, what would it look like? Like things where you can start to get at aspirations and make sure that. It's more to them, you know, it's either a career or there's some desire to continue to progress in some way in the in the job. I mean, even if it is a job for a period of time for them, it is important to be able to get the sense that they are going to commit to whatever it is and do it well.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then number four is handle mistakes with grace. We're all human. We all make mistakes. We might strive to be perfectionists. It does not work. So what you want to hear from them is when did you make a mistake and what did you learn from it? Or how did you grow from it? Or what did Mm -hmm. you take away from it? You know, those are the types of things where you can get a sense of, one, will they be able to handle stressful situations? Because as we've been talking about, there's lots of them out there today. But then also, will they own their mistakes and fix them and be better for it the next time? And so we speak a lot in this one to character, really, right? These are all examples of different types of character that people have inherently within them. But then also that you as the manager are going to Hold them accountable to, but help them cultivate and be fulfilled in the role they're playing in your organization.
0: Yeah, I think those are really good questions. And I like the qualitative nature of them because I think in a lot of interviewing now, people try to quantify everything in order to make it a little bit easier, quote unquote, to assess, right? They're like type. Typing people. They're typing people, yeah. right? And so, like, a lot of people who are looking for people who are going to be accountable are looking for certain traits, right? Yeah. So they'll yeah. they will tend to have them do the strength finders or they'll try to Enneagram yeah. them or they'll try to Myers-Briggs them, you know, in order to be able to, to define, does this person have, like, these specific traits in order to fit into my organization? And, of course, accountability being, like, a huge element of what creates a successful team and, and business. hmm So, I... I I like all the articulations you provided that because you're going to give people a really good understanding of how to structure those questions and what to listen for. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the other thing we ask those questions, but then we don't know what to, to listen for, but this requires you to actually, again, have a conversation. Yep. We're also getting a little lazy in our interviewing where we're letting people screen all of our people until, yeah. until a certain point we're using. And I love these services. Like we're using the Indeeds of the world and stuff like that. And I, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't use those, those systems in order to, to be able to kind of weed out. But I'm seeing that people are weeding people out way too early, Yeah, way too early for certain criteria that they think that they want because they're trying to quantify yep. or they're trying to correlate without even talking to the person to hear the stories, to hear the inflections of their voices, to kind of really see if they're going to be a person that's going to fit within my organization in reels, not on just on paper, Yeah, right? Yeah,
1: well, and I think the other thing too is We're also telling you here how to properly set the culture of the team, right? Right. Because if you're hiring within these parameters and you're taking the time, you're getting the right people, people, human people in the jobs instead of just like you said, someone that has the right type for what you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com.